to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we are going through our 2019 reading challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing? Doing well. Pretty interesting to be recording in the morning. <laughs> Usually we record at <laughs> it, night. Yes. <laughs> it is definitely a twist. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have been in complete study mode so i had to quickly read this book and this is not a book to quickly read oh no <laughs> yes um i just lost my turn so i did find it funny though i was looking up uh, a couple ways so like pulling up notes and stuff so we could talk about this netflix is currently in the process are you kidding me adapting <laughs> this. i don't know what All it right. is we got to start well, a list here of either yeah. ones that were turned into or being turned into and we didn't know movies or TV shows or something like and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should just start advertising our podcast to authors and be like, hey, you want to get an adaptation done? We'll talk about it. Right. And then it will happen. <laughs> yes. I have no idea how they're going to do it. I saw it as a series and I also saw it as a film and it is the first Ooh. time it's ever been adapted. So I don't know how they're going to do this, but... I don't know how you do it as a film. A series, yes, because a lot happens in this book. It's called 100 Years of Solitude. (laughs) It's a long time. (laughs) Yes. So before we get into the book, um, I don't even remember what I was supposed to read last time. I can tell you I probably didn't. So what were you supposed to read first? Uh, Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman. And then I also had, in case that you were going to maybe do Slay by Brittany Morse. Just throw that out there. Uh, Um, Yes, okay. I did read Paddle Your Own Canoe. It was quite entertaining. Um, Yeah? Yeah. I love how in love he and Megan, like... (laughs) They are cute. I want this. I know they have a book that they wrote together. I want that book. I need that book. Like he (laughs) had like just all the praise he has for this one. Like this is how you appreciate your partner. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And their wedding. Oh, my God. Like they were trying to figure out a way to do the wedding without the paparazzi finding. And his idea was to do it on the night of the Emmys. And she's like, "Mm, (laughs) we can't do that. (laughs) So I can't remember if it was a housewarming or what, but it was something that they were having like their whole families come for. And they were like, surprise, this is our wedding. It's like, oh, my God, that's the best way to do it. Families, closest families and friends. Yeah. So but that was quite delightful. Was it funny? Yeah, yeah. He is there's some good pictures too. I gotta look. I don't know if he drew them, but there's this one story he tells. Jesus Christ. He's like he's in co- I think he's in college, so his high school girlfriend and him, they go to they're like high school sweethearts. They go to the same college, but they're from a smaller town and they go to a college in a city and it kinda like is like, oh man, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on here. There's a lot of different people, <laughs> men and women here, you know, like wanting to right. see other people. But they kind of still hook up every now and then. And she said when she breaks up with him, what's supposed to be the last time? I can't remember if it was the Bahamas. She's going somewhere tropical. So he gets this great idea that he is going to fly down there before her and all of a sudden just be like at the hotel or at the beach and be like, hey, what's up? And <laughs> so... He has a connection at the airport, but he gets bumped. Like he's on standby or something. He get, basically gets bumped or something from the plane that would have gone out the day before, I think it was. So he ends up literally on her plane a few rows behind. And he can, like, see if she turns her head one way, he can see, like, the side of her face. 
and I think he like tried to put on some disguise or something from the theater oh, no. like that he took from the theater she didn't see him and then he managed to like surprise her at the beach and at first she was pissed and then they hooked up and then she's like okay but now this is it i want to enjoy my vacation and you need to i need to not see you and then he was like i don't know yeah he did not plan that part out <laughs> that is amazing Oh, but the drawing, I, can't, I have the drawing. If I, maybe after we're done, I'll go grab the book and see if I can hold the drawing up for you. Because there's some okay. really good drawings in there of like him in the, the air, like the air in the in the plane, just sitting there trying in like his you know disguise. It's hilarious. So yes, it was very delightful. Um, talks a little bit about Parks and Rec. Obviously, how he got because the show is still filming at the time. So oh, how okay. he so from that? Yeah, how he came to be on it and how people still seem to think that he is Ron Swanson. He's like, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but he, d- yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> so that's why he likes to like shave his head or shave his face and, you know, <laughs> just to kind of get away I was from it say, a little bit. To be seasons. fair, there, there is that uh, reality show or something that was like the American version of the Great British Bake Off. I'm totally blanking on the name, but basically it was where they had like people who did hobbies. The crafting. Yes. Make it. Which was like, Maybe that's what it was called. Because I kept forgetting it, confusing it with nailed it, which I know they're different, but the, the, it was something very, maybe it's not making it. <laughs> it's something about crafting, but we watched it and it was so good. No, I'm I, making it. Is it is making it. Okay. okay. Do you know if it's coming, does it say if it's coming back for another season? Because that was a delight. It is a delight. If you have not watched it, um, it is totally worth checking out. Um, it is Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler and, mm-hmm. uh, they do kind of resemble their, like, if you only know him from Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. But I, it's also like... It's because he's God, very handy. <laughs> such damn delights. Yeah. Like, he um, talks in the book about every now and then about making certain things. And I'm just like, how? This is amazing. <laughs> it is... Uh, season two is set to premiere in December 2019 for the holidays and air over two weeks. Yes. I'm so here I'm, for this. Because everyone was so nice. And yes, there was a $100,000 prize. But if someone finished early, someone else would be helping them very much like the Great British Bake Off. Like, come on, you can get encouraging each other. It was so lovely. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what you are kind of expecting from American um, reality shows or uh, competition shows. And it's especially when there's money on the line. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I remember being very surprised when I watched Great British Bake Off and realized, wait, there is no money. You just get to be named... And you get There's like no a plaque, not in the British version. I don't think it's like what? they get like they get flowers and then they get a plaque. That's amazing. Maybe it's, maybe so it's, it's like basically, platter. yeah, huh. <laughs> and like bragging rights. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know if the American version is there an American version of that. I don't think so. Okay. I think they maybe tried and it like failed very quickly or something. I don't know. We're not capable, or at least I didn't think we were capable capable of just being like calm, nice people. But uh, making no. It, <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So, I'm going to have to check that out. I do love Nick Offerman. Yeah. My Quite. favorite thing. Have, have you watched? Um, <clears throat> uh, shit. I keep wanting to say American Gods. It's not American Gods. Um, Good Omens. No, yeah. I haven't. Okay. He's, so he's hairless or not hairless. He yeah. doesn't have facial hair. <laughs> hairless. <laughs> Just a little brain dead. Uh, doesn't have facial hair. And... I don't know if that automatically makes him look so much younger or if they like 
did a little bit of CGI to make him look. A little, anyway, it's a little hard to tell at first that that's him until he talks, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely Nick Offerman's voice. But hang on, <laughs> he looks so <laughs> he different looks like when him. he shaves. <laughs> he does. You're just so used to seeing that Ron Swanson mustache. I know. I know. Mm, so Ron good. Swanson's also a really great guy, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yep. <laughs> uh, it did start my book. Okay, I do know that I started. Is it Slay or Slayer? I don't have the book mm. with me. Um, Slay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Slay. Okay, yeah. so I did start it to the point where I like. I got enough of an idea of like how the game, mm-hmm. the actual game, is, and I'm into it. It's just that I had to read about business law for the past two and a half weeks. Yes, because I had a lot going on with that. <sighs> It is my own fault. I cannot apparently study for these properly, which is like, you know, do a chapter a week, do all the <laughs> practice test, make yep. sure you have it memorized. Whatever it's supposed to be, it doesn't work for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was 10 chapters of business law shoved into two weeks. <laughs> but you did and it. Unfortunately, yeah, I did do it. So, unfortunately, this book, every time I open my bag, I'm like, oh, I want to read you. But uh, so definitely will be my next one. Cool. Um, but I did find some time. I don't know how. I don't know read, how you did that either. <laughs> uh, 100 Years of Solitude, which was our <clears throat> book for this episode. Um, it is by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, who I do remember dying a few years ago. I had to double check because uh, I, was like, I, I do remember a lot of sadness. My, my mother loves him. One of my best friends loves him. This is my first book by him. Mine too. How about you? Okay. And my, I remember seeing this book on my stepmom's bookshelf in Spanish um, nice. and being like, oh, I should read that sometime, probably in English, and then just didn't get to it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, I called my best friend to tell her we were reading this. And she's like, let me know what you think. Actually, don't, because if you hate it, I don't want to know. <laughs> and then she said that I have her copy and I don't. I have her copy of Chronicles of Death somewhere. Um hmm. Which is why I kept getting confused because I knew the book I had from her was like basically novella size, and this book is not novella size. No, No, this is a full on, like, almost stream of conscious, like, in the way that it's written novel. There are very few paragraph breaks, and it's, oh, it's difficult. Um, So, yeah, it was, uh, I'm glad to finally have broken into his stuff. Yeah, me too. Because I know about Love in the Time of Cholera. I have not read it. But like, Same. Oh, I should Same. add that to the list now and just kind of work through it. I have like so much stuff that I want to read. I need to. I need a full-time job where they pay me to just read. <laughs> I know. Because I got a lot I want to read. Yeah. So what'd you think? Um, I'm still... So I finished this morning. Okay. Still <laughs> processing what I think. I finished think. it last night. <laughs> um... <laughs> doesn't surprise me like i saw you started it long before i did and i was like oh man how am i gonna do this i did i started earlier like at the beginning of the week and then i got to a point where i was like um it's wednesday i still got like <laughs> 200 pages left yes so i was like okay i will try to read 50 pages on the train in the morning to work and then 50 pages on the way home on thursday and then on friday and i did actually went over so i had some okay. time left on my train ride home where i um, did, I was done and then Chris and I ended up meeting up downtown for dinner so when I got home I was like oh I can start my notes and then sat on the couch and got tired and went to sleep instead so I wrote yep. up my notes this morning and was like oh my god like the first sheet of notebook paper I don't think I broke the 100 pages and I was like I gotta stop I gotta somehow sum <laughs> all this up because I can't do six pages of notes on this <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
Still not quite sure how we're going to break this one down, but we're going to figure it out as we go along. We'll try. Um, we can, yeah, I... We can go more chronologically than the book does, because it, like... Probably. It bounces around a bit. I think the first sentence... It, many years later, as he faced the firing squad, like, so we start off sort of in the present where um, Colonel Araliano Buendia is thinking about Macondo and his time there as a kid and blah, blah, blah. And then we kind of go back. So we don't really find yes. out how he ends up in front of that firing squad for quite a while. A couple hundred pages. Or how he became what, uh... a her colonel. <laughs> What cover did you end up going getting? I have. I don't think there are too many uh, diverse covers. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, maybe not. Mine is um, well in the like bottom left. New selection from Oprah's book club. And this okay. Is winner of the Nobel Prize in the middle of it, and then his name above it, and the title below it, and then green and like trees with fruits, a snake, and a bird. Uh, yes. Kind of tropical. Same cover. Is that okay. Oh, okay, so we have the same cover, yeah. Yeah, mine does not say Oprah Classics. It says P.S. Oh. Insight Interview and more. So oh. I did not get the Oprah version, but. Uh, I do have the interview. Wait, do I have an interview? It's something at the back that I read. <laughs> I also have. So interestingly enough, this book is not on ebook. Um, it is, which is. I'm sorry, it, that's bizarre to me. But there's an audiobook of this. Yeah. There's no ebook version of this. The audiobook version is um let's see if i can it, it's got a circle that also kind of looks um very jungle like with like a hummingbird or some kind of bird and then it's kind of in red oh, okay let's see yeah it's a little bit more uh muted i guess would be a good way of putting it of a cover like the 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 cover that i think that everybody kind of recognizes for this is the one that both of us has mm-hmm. where it's very vibrant um yeah when was this book written the 70s um 1967 okay yeah sorry i just started going when did it re- win the nobel peace prize and i meant to look that up and i didn't Let's see. 1972 nobel prize not nobel peace prize Megan. Yeah. <laughs> um so, and, and apparently, I'm reading this actually right now, and it sounds like, uh, despite the many accolades the books received, uh, Marquez tended to downplay its success. He once remarked, most critics don't realize that a book, that a novel like 100 Years of Solitude is a bit of a joke, full of signals to close friends, and so with some preordained right to pontificate, they may take on the responsibility of decoding the book and risk making terrible fools of themselves. So, okay. <laughs> basically, what I'm getting is this book is not as uh, was not meant to be as uh, highly intellectually acclaimed as it maybe was. I like that even more now. Yeah. <laughs> so we knew taking this on that it was going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when we decided to read Rebecca, it was another option that we had picked as a classic that we hadn't read and that everybody else was like, Oh yeah, you definitely should give it a try. And it, uh, and I knew it also defined like magical realism. Like if you study magical realism or anything like that, like this is one of the first books anybody ever mentions. So I knew it was going to be a lot, but I knew nothing about this book. Yeah. Uh, Except for that. It was South America based yeah so um so yeah have i asked you did you like it yeah i did i did i 
I will say I got a little, I kept getting a little frustrated that everybody is named (laughs) after each other and I kept having to go back there. Thankfully is a family tree at the very beginning. Yes. Thank God. Um, which I guess technically has some spoilers in it because it says who people married and then if they had kids or if they didn't get married. But being like, which Remedios are we talking about? And wh- mostly it was because everyone kept naming their kid, their sons after Aureliano. Yes. And then there was also a couple Jose Arcadios in here. And I had to keep going back. And then I was like, okay, good. So this one's dead finally. So now I, don't, I can't confuse him. <laughs> Were they dead though? Because it was. I mean, hold an order. Yeah, I got some questions, but yeah. Because <laughs> when I was going the guy back, that maybe can't die. Oh yeah, um, I will. I'll be honest. I didn't write a lot of notes about him because I would have. It would have been a million pages, yeah. but Melchiades, the um, he's a one of like say, say that like basically this when they found found the town. Um, the gypsies come in every now and then, and he's, like, the one that makes really good friends with Jose Arcadio Buendia, like, the patriarch of our family that we're following. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a point. I thought I wrote it down, but I, I or marked it, but I didn't, where Ursula was like, man, I'm sick of everybody naming it, or, like, I'm tired of this tradition of naming people after people, and I was like, you and me both, Ursula. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. At the end, Amaranta Ursula, when she's married to Gaston, their plan is to have kids in five years, and they're going to be named Rodrigo, Gonzalo, and Virginia, not Aureliano, Jose Arcadio, or Remedios. Like, they, she makes, Thank they make God. a point to say that, and I was like, yes, but then Good when she you. does have that kid what's his name wants to name him Aureliano yeah. and I was like no <laughs> these were the twins right um no or no I just I, do, I don't remember honestly oh nope. my god I do remember that point where it was like we're not gonna name him after anybody and then the dad's like well I want this name and it's like yeah okay fine Amaranta <sighs> Ursula is the daughter of one of the twins that one of the twins Aureliano Segundo and then Okay. She's hooking up with Aureliano, who is her nephew, but they don't know it. Yeah. There's, um, from the first chapter, there's a lot of incest. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Because uh, <laughs> from what I understand, uh, our first generation, um, it, they were close enough that that's why they didn't have sex for a long time. Yes. So, Jose, oh, I guess the whole damn name, Arcadio Buendia and Ursula Iguaran are cousins. And she's worried because an aunt of hers had married an uncle of his, and when they had a baby, the baby was born with a pigtail. So, for the first year, legit she wore... Hmm? Said legit fear. Yep, legit, like, very valid, because just look at your family and so I'm like why did you get married but whatever they got married and then for the first year she wore like I wrote down it's not a quite a chastity belt because it's like chastity underwear with like leather straps and yeah. stuff like she's like you're not it's amazing that's what it is yeah <laughs> that her mom made for her so I'm like so why did all these people agree to this marriage then if everyone is so worried <laughs> there's a couple of marriages that I'm just like why hold on yeah is she the one, this might be how the entire episode goes, where it's like, okay, <laughs> there was this situation. Is she the one where she had all the older, there was one that had all the older sisters, 
but the husband was like, I want to marry her. And like, they had to wake her up. And she's like, why did you guys wake me up? I just want to go back to sleep. No, and that would be Jose and Ursula's kid, Aureliano, who would become Colonel. They go to when a magistrate comes in and sets up and tries to like order the town around his name. That's right. Is, okay. What's his name? I have it written down. Don. Oh, Don Opolinar Opolinar Moscote. He has seven daughters. One of them is 16, but Aureliano skips right by the 16 year old and is like, oh, I'm into this nine year old. Yeah. 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 That's another marriage where I'm like, what? She's she's a baby. She's a little older There's, when they eventually yeah. get married, but still. Yeah, they do wait until she at least has her period. I appreciated that. So thank you very yeah, much. They only did that so that um, she could have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep oh yeah yeah there's a couple times in here where i was like are we just kind of like saying that this is incestual because like you guys grew up together but really you're not nope nope you're actually related okay mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and also like oh you were also raised as family yeah <clears throat> yeah there's if- a guy that falls in love with his aunt and she basically mm-hmm. says i all but breastfed you and i was like mm, yep okay so this should be a no and i think in that case it does because i think from what i've gathered um amaranta uh never gets married like she gets a lot of people get interested in her but she never yeah. marries yeah i think Arliano jose is the one who is interested in her yes and that's her nephew and it also doesn't help that like the colonel has 17 kids that they all name Arianto, or Leonto. Yeah, because I was looking at the tree and I said, why does it say 17 Aureliano? So I was like, that's a weird name. It's not a name. It's because there's 17 sons and the women all named them after their father and gave them their last name. Yes. And they all like occasionally pop up and like most of them look like the father Mm -hmm. cut and then there's two of them, one of them blonde. And uh, I just, yeah. Yeah. So, basically what this book does is it explores a hundred years of this one family tree. Mm-hmm. And, and and that lives in this made-up town. I think it's made-up. Yeah, mythical yeah. town. Um, and it kind of, not really the history of Columbia, but kind of like these are the things going on in Columbia and how it rotated around this mythical, magical town. Yeah. Because they're, I can't remember where they're living originally, where Jose and Ursula are living, but they're with a bunch of people. And then, let's see. Trying to find where they were. Uh, Maybe it doesn't say. It just says they're both born in a small village. That's all I've got. So, the great grandchildren of Sir Francis Drake, of those surviving Sir Francis Drake's attack on Rio, Rio, Rio yeah. So it's when Jose, he basically this guy Prudencio Aguilar loses a cockfight to Jose, and he becomes he's a little sore loser, and he taunts him basically about having about basically it's been a year and your wife's still a virgin. And uh, so Jose kills him and then demands that Ursula takes off her like makeshift chastity belt. And then they're basically haunted by Prudencio. And so he decides they're going to leave 
tells Prudencio's ghost, like, you, we're going to leave so you can have peace. And so him, them, and a bunch of their friends and their friends' wives, like, they all leave with their goal of finding that ancient city of Riohacha, but then they don't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, wait, they leave Rio. Wait. Oh, that was the goal. I put that. That was on page. No, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, because then after they find... Basically, they're the founders of Makondo. At one yes. point, Jose and his friends go out trying to find the road that would lead to Riohacha, and he can't find it. Like, he can't, basically, he comes away thinking, Makondo's all surrounded by water. And I'm like, well, it's not, because you literally left a village to get here. And I don't think he took a <laughs> boat, but okay. <laughs> but he just does thinks Ursula they're very isolated. It? Yes, she does. Okay. <laughs> So their first son, Jose Arcadio, is born on the trip on them, like still yes. like on the road, basically. And then their son, Arleano, is born in Macondo. And when our story starts, when their kids, basically when Jose Arcadio and our, their kids, it's been six years. So Arleano's six at the time. Um, and then... Jose Arcadio and he's 13 he's very big for his age there's a moment where his mom notices his like just his stature and I want to say he was he's 13 he's just walking around whatever he's naked and she feels a little bit ashamed at seeing him naked and it's like can what are we doing can we not yeah (laughs) very nervous about this (laughs) yeah Um, and then at that time Ursula's pregnant with Amaranta right and then Pilar Ternera comes to the house to read cards and she says, oh, Jose's lucky. It's going to be fine. And then they start sleeping together, Jose and Pilar. But then he runs yeah. off with some gypsies. Yeah. yeah. And that's when Ursula finds the road because she goes off to fo- follow him. Find her first this, son. And this is after Amaranta's born. And all of a sudden, right. dad Jose is like, wait, why is my baby crying? And it's because yes. Ursula's gone. <laughs> She's been gone all day and she was gone for months. <laughs> So Jose is a scientist. He's basically loosely an alchemist. Like he kind of goes back and forth on doing alchemy and things like that. And um, with these gypsies that they do keep calling gypsies. And and yes, that's not politically correct nowadays. Right. uh, Right. uh, Totally aware of that. Just throwing that out now. Mm -hmm. Um, They I don't think they find the formula for turning things to gold, but they are able to turn them into other metals. So it was. Enough that, like, yes, alchemy is real uh, in this world. And then after, so then he does the cockfighting and they leave. And then eventually he goes back to that. So he's back to being a scientist when his oldest son kind of runs away. Mm-hmm. And Ursula, yeah, that's when she's like, you know what? I'm going to go try to find him. But then she comes back after finding this and she can't find her son. Right, but she and, finds people. Yeah. And she brings all these people back and she's like, look. I've brought our friends. I've brought these people need your help. They need our help. Um, And basically she's forgiven. Ursula's kind of my favorite character. Because she comes back as if she's been gone for five seconds, not months. (laughs) Oh, hi. And she's like, she kind of is no nonsense, but also very goes with the flow. And like, uh, she ends up, we find out she ends up to live over a hundred years. Yeah. And and she's like going blind. She's got a cataract and all this stuff. And she's still like every time the new generation has kids, she's like, "Fine, I'll help you raise them, whatever." Right. And I'm just right. like, at some point, you do actually earn your chance to be a grandparent, great grandparent, and like yeah. calm down. No. But it also makes sense because each generation kind of is more and more spoiled. <clears throat> yeah. 
Because um, I can't remember if it's, what, the third generation or fourth generation that has the guy that, like, basically just keeps popping champagne and, like, spraying it all over himself. Mm, I do not remember which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, it's when they find, she starts, like, praying, and maybe her grandkid. Because um, I think it's, let's see. I don't know. It bounces around so much, and there's discussion of the twins. But I also feel like it's not the twins. I don't think so. And I don't think it's the son of one of the twins, because he goes to seminary school. Well, he goes to, like, the seminary, but then he comes back after Ursula dies and takes over the house. Maybe yeah. him? Um all I know is it's when she's like praying to be poor oh. and then they knock over the idol that ends up having like 400 pounds of gold in it. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> and then she like buries it. And it's like every time some new person passes, she's like, did you come during the war to drop off this idol? Because like, take your goddamn gold. And get right. It but here. she can't figure out who it is. She asks questions yes. as such to really try to figure it out. And she catches them when they're lying and not yes. the true. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Just, and also maybe everybody's fine with everybody cheating. I guess. And then also, too, having kids with not being married because Jose is gone. He's run off. Oh, wait. Okay. So before Jose runs away, Pilar Tenera tells him that she's pregnant. Then he runs away. And I was like, okay, so that's what we're doing. But um, the baby is a boy. So he's named Jose Arcadio, but luckily they just call him Arcadio. So for me, that was enough of a distinction. So he's brought to the Buendias and Ursula basically raises him like alongside Amaranta, who's still fairly young because she's 13 years younger than Jose to begin with. Um, But like there's there's no like, I mean, there is some shame given to women, as we will see, for doing anything before marriage. And obviously they weren't married, but spoilers Jose Arcadio comes back eventually and there's no like ah oh, you need to marry her or you weren't married or even I don't remember anyone talking shit to Pilar I mean they don't treat her great but I don't remember that being yeah. like oh you should have married Jose shun. yeah she's not shunned she's not treated like Hester Prem you know yeah, yeah. We read last. <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> right yeah um and there's even a point where um, they're talking about the war that's going on and the conservatives versus the liberals. And they're like, the liberals want to recognize kids born out of wedlock or something like that. And someone's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine on that. And I'm like, of course mm-hmm. you are. Every kid here is born out of wedlock, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does Jose hit on his sister? So Rebecca comes while he's gone. She is not really his sister. She's a second cousin of... Okay, so she's still family. Put that out there. She's still family because she's Ursula's second cousin. She's an orphan. Her parents died. And she gets basically sent to them with like a letter for help and also the bones of her parents in a sack. That's right. She would eat the earth and whitewash off the walls until Ursula basically forced her to take orange juice and rhubarb that she had left out in the dew all night. I don't know why this worked, but a few weeks later, she's finally stopped. I guess but still then, getting the earthy tones and yeah. stuff until, I guess, you readjust to real food? Right. And then 
She's fine, but then the insomnia plague hits, so she can't sleep, but then it starts going all through the house, and then also all through the town, But luck- and then part of insomnia, people start to forget things, so they start labeling literally everything, oh, cow, yeah. and writing down that you have to milk the cow every morning, until the gypsy Melchiades comes back and gives Jose a concoction that cures him. And then, oh my god, I forgot. This is a, within like the first fifty pages too. Like, it is. I, this yes, forty nine is where he comes back and cures. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot all about the insomnia plague. Yeah. So then, and it spreads throughout the entire town. The whole town. Ursula is making these chocolates or yeah, or cookies these sweets. or something that the kids yeah. are eating, and then it goes to house to house. But luckily, they all get cured. And yes. then after that is when the magistrate comes, and Adeliano's like, "Oh, I got to marry this nine year old." Doesn't, like, say anything, but he has feelings for her, which, you know, in air quotes, feelings. And then, meanwhile, Rebecca and Amaranta both fall in love with Pietro Crespi, the guy who comes to assemble and tune the pianola. Okay. So, Rebecca and Pietro are exchanging secret letters, thanks to one of the, the oldest daughter of the magistrate, Amparo. She basically helps facilitate this. And they're gonna get married... They're so in love. Amaranta's fucking pissed. And she's basically like, you're not going to marry him, even if I have to kill you so that you don't marry him. Like, she's like. That's right. This is why she never ends up marrying, because she ends up feeling so guilty about all of this. And then, yeah. Yeah. But then they end up not getting. Well, okay. So she also does some things, too. So she puts, she takes the mothballs out of the drawer that has the wedding dress in it. And moths yes. eat it up. But luckily, Rebecca discovers it with, like, two months to go. And she can fix it. It's fine. And then she decides... This was a weird wedding. Because it was, like... Rebecca was all for it at first. But then it was, like, she was... She seems to start dragging her feet. Yeah. And it seems like she's blaming it on Amaranta being so angry. But not. It's weird. Yeah. It's, like, at some point, it became a chore. Right. Something she had to do rather than something she wanted she to really do. She really wanted to do. Because then yeah. in the meantime, so the young nine-year-old, Remedios, and Aureliano, she's not nine at this time. She's probably 13 or 14 because she had, she's had her first period. They get married. Yeah. Oh, and that's important. Oh, sorry. Um, also important is that at some point, Aureliano also slept with Pilar Tenera, and she gets pregnant by him and has a child also named Aureliano, but this is Aureliano Jose is their son. And... Remedios basically takes him in and says that he's going to be their first kid. She's very, like, yeah, I guess cool with it or not cool with it, but, you know. So then she takes in all 18 kids, doesn't she? Like in the end? No, because she dies. Oh, OK. Then Ursula <laughs> like, continues to take him in. Okay. She, um, it's like someone takes the rest of these boys in. Yeah. So she. Let me see. So So eventually Rebecca becomes a hermit. We don't really hear from her. Right. But it's because Amaranta is going to kill Rebecca so that she can't marry Pietro. She's going to poison her coffee. And then she's but she doesn't want to kill her sister. So she's praying to God that something will happen. So she doesn't have to kill her sister because she told her sister she's going to kill her. So I guess that means she has to. (laughs) So then Remedios dies in basically from like poisoned coffee she yes. was pregnant, I think, with twins. So she dies. And Amaranta starts to feel really guilty about that. And then, in the meantime, is where 
Jose Arcadio comes back. <gasps> Jesus, you burning, really? <laughs> Is he okay? He, he's fine. He comes back and Rebecca's like super attracted to him. He's all big and muscly and whatever. And they eventually have sex and get married. And he goes to tell poor Pietro, I'm going to marry Rebecca. And Pietro's like, that's your sister. And they're not really, but still, but raised that way. And he's like, I don't care. I'm still going to marry her. And yeah. they get married. And then Ursula's finds this to be shame, very shameful. And so she won't let them back in the house, basically. Um, so they set up their own house. Which is funny, because, like, okay, they're probably actually further apart in the family tree than her and her husband. Mm-hmm. Because second cousin. And I think I think they're just cousins. Ursula and, uh, what's his name? Jose. Yeah, I think they're just, like, first cousins or whatever. Alright, so yeah, that's what happens with Rebecca marrying her brother. Not really her brother, but like her cousin. But she was raised as yeah. brother. Also in the meantime, Jose, the dad, goes crazy a little bit. And he ends up tied to a tree. Yeah, he is <laughs> fascinating. Still all so within the like, first hundred pages. of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all still within the first hundred pages. <laughs> like, he... And he only speaks Latin. Yep, he like starts he speaking in a language they don't understand, they can't figure it out, and it's when the yeah. priest who comes to do the wedding for Arleano and Remedios realizes he's speaking Latin. Which, okay. still, we don't, I, I don't, how, how did he know Latin? Like, they, I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Um, um, oh, the and magistrate then. magistrate was also great, hmm? because he, like, tells them that they have to paint our, the, the house. Everybody's house needs to be painted blue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Right. And that's basically how, because when that happens, Jose, the dad, goes to him and he's like, we're not doing this. And he kicks him out of town, basically. And then he comes back with soldiers, his wife and his daughters. And then Jose yes. and Aureliano go to him to talk. And Jose makes the deal that he'll keep the peace, but the soldiers have to go. Fine. But that's when Aureliano meets Remedios, the nine-year-old. And yeah. it's like, oh, I have to marry you. So. It's just with Yeah. Yeah. With Rebecca married to Jose Arcadio, you would think, oh, Amaranta's probably super excited. She's going to marry Pietro. He keeps coming to the house for dinner, and then he starts seeing her more, and he wants her to marry him. And I want to say what exactly what she said, because she strings him along. And I can't. there's a couple times where he brings it up, and she's just like, oh, when the time is right. And then... When he says to her, we'll get married next month, she withdrew her hand, blah, 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 went back to her work. Don't be simple, Crespi. I wouldn't marry you if I were, even if I were dead. Yes. <laughs> like, what? And then, if you really love me so much, don't set, house, set a foot in this house again. Ursula, again, is so shamed. This poor guy has suffered so much shame, and she feels, or so, <laughs> suffered so much because of both of her daughters now. And he yes. ends up killing himself. Yeah, it's like she gets this guilt from what she does to Rebecca and then to um, Pietro. And then, like, I feel like every time we turn around or every time, maybe every other chapter, it's like, and someone else is in love with her. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, y'all need to stop. But she feels guilty about that and puts her hand into the coals on the stove and basically burns her hand and wears a black bandage of black gauze around it for a very long time. Maybe forever. Yeah, forever. For until, yeah, the rest of her life. 
Because, yeah, she's got, what, two other lovers coming? At least Three? one. Some general that I can think there's of. There's Colonel Marquez, and then there's the her, like, nephew. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Aurelio Jose. Because that's the one yeah. she toes. She's like, I raised you. I basically did everything but nurse you. And I was like, oh, we're not just, like, speaking metaphorically here. You literally are. Because he what? keeps crawling into bed with her. Yeah, what happens to him? Oh. I found it. He gets killed. <laughs> Never mind. I was say, I feel like everybody, just, anybody that falls in love with her dies. Yeah. But, no, pretty much almost anyone named Adeliano is going to die, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Except for the one guy who shoots himself in the heart, which apparently you can is, live. Yeah. I don't. So that's the son of Jose and Ursula. He's the first Adeliano. He, and he becomes, so he still goes to visit after Remedios dies. He still goes to see her dad, his father-in-law, the magistrate guy. And they play mm-hmm. chess or checkers or something. And Chinese checkers. Yeah. His father-in-law is very much in support of the conservative party. And Adeliano kind of starts, and he's like, he seems to sort of be on that side at first, but then he hears some things that are like, oh no, and he starts to talk more to the liberals but then they want to kill the conservatives and he can't get behind that and so he gets nervous like he starts carrying a pistol thinking someone's going to come kill him at some point and then I think the conservatives yeah I think the conservatives come and basically occupy the town and finally he gets fed up and tells oh oh, these names Herineldo Marquez, who's the one who does eventually fall in love with what's-her-name, Amaranta, um, that get the boys, we're going to war. So basically they storm, (laughs) with table knives and sharpened tools, they take the garrison by surprise, seize all the weapons, execute the captain and four soldiers who had killed a woman earlier. Um, He, like, hides his dad in a closet, I think? Or maybe, or his father-in-law, but maybe the father-in-law hit yes. on his own. But anyway, he tells him, rest no, easy, father-in-law. Him. Yeah. yeah the new his government. His father's tied to a tree. Yes. Yeah. I think he's still tied to the tree. <laughs> I think, but I he's like, like he, don't once worry. Once he's tied to the tree, he is for like. For a very long time. He dies. He dies. At, uh, he dies in the house, but he's like in the, on that tree for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, But he tells the, his father-in-law like, don't worry, you'll be safe. And the father-in-law like doesn't recognize him. He's like, where did this come from? You know, and he calls him Arlito. Like, like it's the cute, the cute little name. And he's like, nope, don't call me that. I'm Colonel Arleano Buendia now. And that's how he becomes the Colonel and he fights wars. But then I feel like it's the next chapter. Yeah, the next chapter says that he organized 32 armed uprisings and lost them all. <laughs> yes. Like that chapter terrible. ends so like, I am a Yes, it's like I'm I'm a colonel now. I'm all important, and then it's like you failed all these times. And um, what is what makes it even weirder is is he the guy? Okay, someone's getting married or not getting married, and like he kind of makes an offhand comment to someone, and it's like he was distracted because of all of this, and like it's like one of those. Oh shit, I cannot think of there's like a movie or TV show or something where it's like um you're think like what he's thinking ends up being like 20 pages about this like war and how it started and how he's like got to protect his family and um because this is after the doctor, the liberal doctor who ends up also getting killed. I don't know. There's so many people in this book. <laughs> but it's a weird like ex- if you haven't read this book, it's tangential like where you're like yes. so so and so is being born, but it's going to remind me of this guy being born and how he 
went right. through all of this before I come back to the fact that this guy was Ian. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't get married again, though. He no, married, he's the no. one that has the 17 colonel, other kids. Yeah. And then when and he then, leaves the town, he leaves his nephew Arcadio in charge. And Arcadio's, remember, the son of Jose Arcadio and Pilar Ternera. And eventually starts making goldfish. Golden fish? Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Goes back to doing that. But he... So one of my favorite things is... Arcadio's clearly... He's young. He's a young guy. And he's... Him and his friends basically seem like school children playing at army. Like you're pretending to be an army. And at one point... He... Arcadio wants to to basically execute the magistrate guy. The colonel... The colonel's father-in-law. Drags him out... Whips him, and then Ursula comes flying out. <laughs> yes. Screaming at him that he better not, to Arcadio, you better not do this. Kill me too, you son of an evil monster. And then she starts whipping him, <laughs> like, with a whip. And, like, chases him. And he ends up curled up. And I think, does she also go after the other guys that are there? She might, I don't know. Oh, no, they fear that she's going to come whip them, too, so that the other, like, children run away. They're little children. And then she takes the magistrate guy home. Uh, but that, I thought, was hilarious. It was like, oh, you think you're this big, tough army man, and your uh, grandmother comes out and is like, no, you're not. I'm going to show you. <laughs> she, I think, is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. But then, also, too, Arcadio wants to sleep with Pilar Tenera, and he doesn't know that that's his mother. <laughs> oh, I forgot so about that. So, you can't blame him, because he doesn't know. They don't tell him. Like, he doesn't yeah, know this. Yeah, I mean... And she doesn't still, tell that's... him. She's like, we can't. And then she says, okay, fine, meet me at this place at night, whatever. And he gets there, and I was like, is it gonna be her? Is it gonna be her? It's not. She basically paid this young woman... Santa Sofia de la Piedad, which means Piedad means purity, but <laughs> paid her <laughs> to sleep sleep with him, and they fall in love. Basically, they get married. And they have like three kids. But is it the first older brother that's the one that comes back that like auctions off himself? That's Jose, the one who was married to Rebecca. When he okay. before that he marries Rebecca, he comes and he like bets people about push-ups or wrestling or something and then basically auctions himself off to to the women but i think he takes like two or three of them instead of like the top winner I, yeah, he takes maybe it was like five was like, i don't know <laughs> if you pay five something more then i'll take both the i don't remember something like that yeah, yeah that's him but it was i just remember it was like he got more than any than the actual like best women were going for and i just i don't i love yeah it's such a weird book yeah and then with Arcadio, and then he also Arcadio doesn't know that Jose Arcadio is his dad because he tries to right. like bond with him and ask him stuff, but Arcadio is just like, mm, okay, whatever, and they don't really bond. And then, so he marries Santa Sofia. They have a daughter named I don't know why I bothered looking it up. It's Remedios the Beauty, and oh, then. Yes, her. While she's while she's pregnant, then Arcadio gets executed by the conservatives who basically come to take the town back over. Right. And then after he's killed, she has the twins, um, that are Arleano Segundo and Jose Arcadio Segundo. That are like mirror twins of each other. I mean, they're creepy. Like, yeah. They're the 
hey, if you hurt one, the other is going to feel it, kind of. Right. Or one was given lemonade and the other one said it needs sugar. (laughs) But also, I feel like we don't find this out for a while, but the book jumps around, so I'm going to jump around. That they, when they're adults, the one who's named Arellano might actually be the one who was originally Jose. Yes. (laughs) Because when they go to, when they go to get baptized, I think, they're given like wristbands or something of different colors and they switch them. Yep. And then my other favorite thing is life goes on. Also, the similarities um, between the men in the family named Aureliano match more with the one who's named Jose and the one the similarities of men in the family named Jose match more with the one who's named Aureliano. But they die on the same day. And when they go to get buried, the drunk guys who are taking the coffins accidentally bury them under the wrong graves. But it's like, or is it the right graves? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was like they got to the point that they couldn't figure out which one was actually which. And they also sleep, like, share the same woman. Oh, yeah, Petra. Yep. Like, one of them actually finally... Wait, do they marry her? No, because he's married to... (laughs) Fernanda uh, or something. Yeah. Aliano marries Fernanda del Carpio. But then he's still sleeping with Petra. I think... I can't remember where this happens but if it's before he marries her or after but both him and jose arcadio segundo are sleeping with petra and then they both get sick from this (laughs) and then after the sickness goes away jose arcadio segundo is like i'm done i'm not sleeping with her ever again but aliano keeps it up and she's his mistress for like ever basically yes yeah because i don't think he ever marries not her because he's married to fernanda no, no, no. Wait, oh, so he's oh, the hit. one that continues to sleep with her. Yeah. Okay. While he's married, because then he goes back and forth between That's the two right. houses like a jerk. <laughs> and then, let's see. So, Jose? Oh, um, so right after Arcadio is executed, well, not right after, but after he's executed, Colonel Arellano is brought back to Macondo as a prisoner of the conservatives. And they kept pushing off his execution and finally they're gonna do it and then jose arcadio the one who auctions himself off and is married to rebecca by this point comes out with his shotgun and the soldier's like don't shoot you've interviewed you're like divine like you this is your interruption is perfect because they didn't want to kill him and they end up joining him and going to fight with with the colonel Because, like, all the women stop sleeping with the group because there's some kind of, like, prophecy that if they kill him, they're all going to die or something. It was Something weird. like that, like, yeah. Yeah. And so they don't. Was, and then they don't yeah. want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. But then someone kills Jose Arcadio. And that's, the book says it. It says it's the one mystery that never gets solved in Macondo. And then we really never find out who did this. Yeah, no. Like. Rebecca was home alone with him, but she says she was in the bathroom and didn't hear anything. And also because he's such a big guy, his blood like goes out of the house, down the street into like earth, like his parents' house. Ursula sees it and follows it. And yeah, Yeah. but we never find out who did. And that's why she becomes a hermit. And then we don't hear from her much. And then at one point, several years later, Ursula's like, oh my God, she's still alive. And it's like, oh, you forgot about Rebecca. (laughs) That reminded me of, um, do you watch Supernatural at all? No. Oh, I only okay. watched well, the first season. Oh, okay. Years well, ago, point, like when it aired. So 14, 16 years ago? I don't know how long it's been on at this point. 2005 was when it started. Oh, my God. Um, 
there's a I, I'm rewatching it because I'm trying to get to because last season's coming out soon. So um, I just watched. I didn't just watch this. at some point this week. I watched fan fiction, which is the 200th episode, which is probably my favorite episode of anything. Like one of them because they go to this is feeling like the tangent of the stamp book. Um, <laughs> They go to investigate this missing person at a high school, and they find out that the high school is putting on a, a musical, supernatural musical. Oh my god! If you, in case you don't know, there's books about the it's, the the show gets very meta. Anyways, mm-hmm. at some point they're like, "Who's this character?" <laughs> and one of the girls is like, "It's Adam, their brother. They forgot about him. Like he he's trapped in it. It's a, he's in hell." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the brothers are kind of like, "Oh shit, yeah, okay, whatever." I didn't know he they had a brother. <laughs> Yeah, he's a um, half brother, and he shows up in season five. But yeah, he's—I don't know if he's ever actually like. I'm twelve seasons in, and I know that they mentioned him in season ten. But he—who knows what he's doing? He may just still be chilling in hell after sixteen seasons, fifteen seasons. Wow, Jesus, there's a lot. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's how it felt with Rebecca, where it was like, oh yeah, that's right, we got to mention her. Right. Like, oh my gosh, she's still alive. Because she doesn't die until after Ursula dies. Right. Yeah. And Ursula lives to be over 100. Yeah. So Rebecca's probably close to 100, too. Um, yeah. I was going to say something else about the twins. They had a sister. Yes. Or wait, yes. Is that the one with the beauty sister? Yeah. Yeah. Remedios the beauty, who... Yes. She's... Well, by her name, she's very beautiful. Um, There's this one part where she's... And she's... I, I think she's described as fairly, like, simple. Yeah. Um, like, she needs a lot of assistance at certain points, but then as she gets older, like, she's bathing by herself, and a stranger takes a tile from the roof so he can watch her, and she's not worried about him watching her. She's worried about him falling, and, of course, he does fall eventually and gets killed. Yeah, like, there's something about her beauty basically kills men. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then... She basically ascends into heaven, like literally floats up into heaven. Yeah. Like floats away. It's just like abruptly too. It's not even like for a reason. It's just right. And then she's just gone. And that's like, that's way in the future too. Cause after hmm, Jose Arcadio is killed and we don't know who shoots him. The father Jose also dies. And that was kind of interesting because flowers rained down from the sky for a long time That's after right. he died. So there was a prophecy. This is the one where like the wrong person taps him on the shoulder because he was blind by this point, maybe or something. And like, he thought he was in the right room and the ghost, the ghost of Prudencio Aguilar is back and he's talking to him yes. and he touches his shoulder and then he stays in that room. Um, and then eventually he dies. But then there's the, prophecy about Aureliano Jose who is Pilar and Colonel's son he dies and he wasn't supposed to like he's out one night and people want to kill him because he's the, the Colonel's son and it wasn't supposed to happen he was supposed to basically live a happy life with this young woman Camelita but he gets shot and he does die. But then as soon as he, well, eventually he dies, like he bleeds to death. But as soon as he gets shot, two other people who had to have been with this conservative soldier guy shot him. And then they like riddled his body with bullets <laughs> to the point where they had to use a wheelbarrow to take out his body. Right. But then Arleano Jose does bleed to death 
and he wasn't supposed to. Like, it wasn't in the cards. Which one shoots himself in the heart and gets pissed that he doesn't die? That's the colonel. So, he... I think he was the one that I was convinced could not die. Yeah. Because he gets... So, he's fighting with the liberals. He gets a a proposal that he renounces the revision of property titles in order to get back the support of the liberal landowners that he renounced the fight against clerical influence in order to obtain the support of the Catholic masses and that he renounced the aim of equal rights for the natural and illegitimate children in order to preserve the integrity of the home. So he signs this paperwork and agrees to it, but then he has to like execute head Geneldo Marquez for some reason but then he doesn't and they spend the year fighting to get the government to propose conditions that the rebels will agree with and then another year to get them to accept them and then when they finally go to sign the paperwork he signs last and shoots himself in the chest where the doctor drew a circle but it passed the bullet passes through without touching anything and he lives and he's pissed because he specifically asked for it to go over his heart. I mean, one would think if you shoot yourself in the chest, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but the doctor is, calls it his masterpiece. That that was the yeah. one like small area, the only point where the bullet could go through where it wouldn't harm a vital organ. So that's, yeah. So that's why he doesn't die there. And this is like the only scar slash person to harm him. Because like prior to all this, at some point, it's like, talking about how he lost all 32 battles but the only time he ever was hurt was when he shot himself or something like yeah that. something like that so so bizarre and then that's four then, generations we've gotten through four have we gotten to four the twins are four one two i think I thought they were three Maybe no four one two three four yes the twins okay. are in the fourth one um we do when we get to meet the colonel's 17 kids they come because i think they're wanting to celebrate the colonel for something and the kids end up going to church and getting the ashes on their forehead that they can never wash off which will be important later (laughs) yes and then white people come because bananas and then a railroad makes its way through right the town um so is it at one point so why the ashes become important is one day the colonel sees a kid accidentally spill his drink on a police officer's uniform and that cop hacks him to pieces with his machete and then decapitates the kid's grandfather who goes to try to intervene and so colonel arleano's disgusted and says one of these days i'm gonna arm my boys so we can get rid of these shitty gringos and then within that week almost all of his 17 sons are killed shot in the shot or like stabbed in the in the cross as the cross of ashes except for his oldest one that one manages to escape into the into the mountains and then he does eventually die yeah he's the one at the beginning right he's the one that the first page is about yeah but he doesn't get killed by the firing squad no but that's who just to kind of bring it around yeah, because the firing squad was when I think that would have been when Jose Arcadio came out to intervene. Yes. Right. And then he dies, I think, of just natural causes under a tree, like sitting in front of a tree. I think so. Because I think at first I was like, wait, did the dad die under the tree officially? But then I was like, no, he had the ghosts. Yeah, he was in the bedroom. 
it's the son, the colonel who died. Yeah, on the tree. Okay. So, let's see. Oh, my God. So, when Amaranta dies, <laughs> fucking... Amaranta holds this, like, fiery, like, hate for Rebecca in her heart because she really wants Rebecca to die first, and she starts sewing her f- a death shroud. Like, what? <laughs> I forgot about this because it was like, wait a second. I thought this, like, the whole point of you not getting married and, like, basically living this life of shame almost, like mm-hmm. the black bandage and all these reminders and everything, was because you felt guilty for what you did to your sister. And it's like, no. I just no. want that bitch to die first, basically. And I better yeah. not die first. And then she does die first. And the shroud ends up becoming her own death shroud. Ugh. Poor Rebecca. It's <laughs> just like. I know. Forgotten about and then also still hated at the same time. Yes. <laughs> And also, it's just Polly sitting there eating dirt. Yeah. Because it's, well, there's a couple of times where it's like, and she started eating dirt again. And I was like, okay, yeah. Rebecca, come on. Yep. <laughs> and then, so that's them. So the twin, Aureliano Segundo, mar- he's still sleeping with Petra, but he's married to Fernanda del Carpio. Right. They have three kids. Yes. Renata Remedios, who they call, or who Fernanda calls Meme. So I'm going to call her that to try to keep separated. Yes. <laughs> a son, Jose Arcadio, who goes to seminary school, and then a daughter, Amaranta Ursula. Is this the Jose that was like, okay, we're not going to name it after the past generations. And then he's like, mm. but I want a Jose. No, it's Amaranta. Amaranta Ursula, who oh, that's has a right. son. Okay. Yeah. But it is like, this. Okay. Like, at, like that's a, like, yeah, at the end. Okay. So Meme, the daughter. Basically, the mom catches her kissing a guy at the movies, Mauricio. Mm -hmm. And Fernanda is... I I can't with her because she's very... She was raised to be, like, a queen, basically. Like, to think that she she was going to become a queen. And then, clearly, she didn't become a queen. But she's very conservative in this. Because, basically, she has this kid killed. She talks to the mayor... And says, oh, can you post a guard in my backyard? Because I think someone's stealing my chickens. And it's him. He's not stealing any chickens. He's coming to see Meme. And fucking he gets killed because of, like, by the guard. Is he killed or is he paralyzed? Oh, wait, maybe he's just paralyzed. And then does he die later? Let's see. Because Meme ends up in a convent. Right. Oh, wait, yeah. Nope, I'm sorry. He does get paralyzed. Okay. Reduced him to his bed for the rest of his life. He, life. he died of old age and solitude. That's right. Okay. Right, my bad. But Meme does go to the convent. And then yeah, she doesn't maybe. speak ever again. Yeah. How does one, like, just how do you decide my daughter's going to be a queen? Like, I actually enjoyed the, the description of, like, how they raised her. Because yeah. there definitely was already this other woman who was considered, like, the most beautiful woman going around in this town. And then... You got me. <laughs> like... <laughs> I have no idea. And then she's resentful of the fact that she's not a queen. And then also that her, because when she first, first finds out that Aliano Segundo is sleeping with Petra, she leaves. Like she, this is like after two months, she packs up her shit and she leaves. And then he convinces her to go back. And then she makes him promise at some point that he will not die in his mistress's bed, that he'll die at home. And he basically spends the rest of the book going back and forth between these two households. Still manages to have three kids with his wife. No kids with her, though, I don't think. With the, with Pesra. Well, wait, hang on, let me double check. Yeah, we gotta consult the chart. Yeah, no, you're right. No, No kids with Petra. Petra has no kids. Yeah. But then... 
Meme does because when they bring her to the convent, no one knows she's pregnant with Mauricio's child, son. And because she won't speak and tell them what name she wants, they baptize him as what? Aureliano for his grandfather. (laughs) And then also, so they bring that baby to Fernanda and her plan is originally to drown him in the tub. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then she doesn't. No, but he grows up. How is that your plan? I'm going to drown him. I'm going to drown this baby. And she just says, she ends up just saying, oh, we found him in a basket. And she won't tell anyone where this kid came from. And he kind of grows up to be like a scholar. He's very weird. Not weird. He's just like a hermit, basically. Like, he's not as alpha as the rest of his family seems. Right. He's trying to translate the documents left by, what's that guy's name? Milkiades? Yes. Yeah. Is he the one that gets told that he'll, he'll learn the language when he gets older or something like that? I don't know. There's someone that I was trying to translate so. documents and they were like, you're just too young. I think so. Because that okay. ghost, the ghost of Melchiades is still in that room. And I think that's who that. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Because then the twin Jose Arcadio Segundo, he spends some time in that room too after the events at the station and with the train and the dead bodies. Uh, let me find that. Oh, wait, maybe he's the one that gets told that because there's a massacre, but nobody yeah. believes him. Yeah, he's at this station with people and the government reads degree, decree number four and then also and declares that they're all hoodlums and they need to, their army is authorized to shoot and you have five minutes to leave and they don't leave and they kill them with like machine guns and he wakes up on a train and realizes he's with the dead bodies they thought he was dead and threw him in there and like three thousand people died but the people are lied to and told um no no everything's fine the workers were satisfied they went back to their families um but the banana company is suspending all activity until the rain stopped because it's raining a lot right okay and that's when he kind of that's why he never marries or anything like that because he's like this is so traumatizing and he just mm-hmm. kind of locks himself into and studying and all that mm-hmm. stuff yep okay and it rains for four years four yes. years <laughs> cannot imagine i think i would no. like chief brody you're never going outside <laughs> yes which like this it's been cracking me up because I think the only day this week that it was supposed to storm was Wednesday or something, which it like brutally rained. But then we keep having these pop-up storms, which I haven't dealt with pop-up storms in the North before. Mm -hmm. Like this was something that like definitely got used to down South. And so I, but I haven't been carrying a, an umbrella. So it's Mm -hmm. like occasionally I just look at the sky and I'm like, Oh, it's about to storm. Okay. Yeah. My first week of work, it rained. So I walked to the station in my, my sneakers, but my jeans, I changed into like my, actual work pants when i got there but my jeans were so i'm sorry my my sneakers were soaked through all the jeans were also soaked but the the sneakers so i was like i gotta get some rain boots because the drainage here in providence isn't that great and i've been meaning to get rain boots and this really forced my hand so i wore them uh earlier this week because it was maybe going to be raining when i was going to be leaving work and they're pretty comfortable and then it didn't rain but i have them now (laughs) (laughs) well that's good that'll come in handy still need a rain coat but i got the boots I've been cracking up because there's somebody in our office who keeps turning the news to Fox News. We have a TV in our kitchen, and for the most part, it's on CNN or Mm -hmm. 
PC, um, depending on whoever's there first. And someone comes in and turns it in onto Fox, which I don't give a shit what channel's on. I'm not watching Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to believe that someone's gotten really frustrated because I always turn it just to the New York One channel, which is just the general, like, this is what's going on in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a fair compromise. At least we can look at traffic if we need to. Someone keeps turning it to the weather channel. And it just <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that like someone else is definitely frustrated with this like yep. war of what news station we're gonna watch and it just turned into the weather station and <sighs> like I'm but done yes. with this. This is all I felt when I the four years of rain yeah the war. It's like what do you do because you can't grow stuff like at no. one point Fernanda tells. Ariano the segundo that like this is all we have left in the pantry and he's like I don't know what you want me to do about it and then she says these are men's problems like figure it out <laughs> God, the women in this book are so good yeah um, so Meme has three other or two siblings they had three kids so she's got two other siblings yeah um, Emeralda Ursula yeah and yes and then another Arcadio Jose Arcadio yeah he goes he's the one who goes to like seminary school for a while yes and then he's the one that also I think leads the life debauchery. Like I think he's... I think he's the one. Yeah, when you're I think when he comes back because Ursula dies, she dies on Good Friday, or they find her dead on Good Friday. And then the house, oh, and also Rebecca dies later that year. Um, and then the twins die. So yeah, the twins die on the same day. And I also thought this so. Arleano Segundo's promise that he would die at home and not at his mistress's home. He does. But then he forgot his shoes that he wanted to be buried in that he told Petra about. So she brings them. And Fernand, like, of course Fernanda's not going to let you in this house. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> what do you I think? forgot about the shoes. Put yourself in my place. Imagine how much I must have loved him. And she's like, Fernanda is not having it. She's like, yeah. get, no. <laughs> I forget, because that's like Petra's... Um, I don't know how to describe him. I'm totally blanking. But basically because he keeps, like, the fact that he keeps his shoes there. Yeah, I don't think she, anywhere. I don't think she, like, there's no talk of her being with anyone else but him. Yeah, no. I think that, like, she loves him as much as he maybe loves her. And, yeah, like, maybe. <laughs> you know. I don't know if these twins actually love anybody. I'm also yeah. reading The Rook, which has this set of four siblings that are all one person. And so, oh, like. Jesus Christ. Reading this at the same time, like. Twins are kind of freaking me out a little, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, like it's kind of like a comfort, but that's not quite what I'm thinking. I don't know, it's like the fact that he leaves, he never takes these shoes. These are the shoes that he wants to die in. It's like she knows he'll come back, right, right, and he does. Like he does. There's during the rains at one point. I think he's with Fernanda for a while because he's waiting for the rain to let up, yes. and then he kind of just finally runs out in the rain to Petra and then he's there for a while until he eventually just runs out in the rain back to like Fernanda he just goes back and forth between the two but no Fernanda does not let Petra in the house she's like not having this with she doesn't even take the shoes from her but then so at this point Ursula's gone Rebecca's gone the twins are gone and then Santa Sofia de la Piedad the daughter-in-law Ursula's daughter-in-law who was married to the Arcadio who got executed she tries to keep the house up but it just goes like spider webs and fire ants and she leaves. She's like, I'm done. Cause who are her kids? I don't remember now. Jesus. Wait, which, which one? Who oh, about? Santa Sofia de la Piedad. Oh, she was the mother yeah. of the twins. So Remedios yes. the beauty has gone to heaven. Literally. 
And then the twins are dead, so then she leaves because yeah. she can't keep up with the house. Yeah, so there's it- like next to nothing about her. Like she just kind of exists in the book. Yeah. And then she's not mentioned she- much at all. Right. Right. She's mentioned just here and there. I feel like for a while I was like, oh, right, you live in this house. <laughs> yes. Like it is very clear that we're not supposed to. Right. She's supposed to be invisible. Yeah. So then at this point, it's just Fernanda and the child. <laughs> Arleano, who again is the son of Meme and Mauricio, yes. the guy who got paralyzed in the house. And Aramanta, I, Ursula left the country. Right. She goes to Brussels for her studies at right. one point, And Jose is over in the, the um, seminary Oh, but then maybe school. she also has an ancestral moment? Hold on. She does at the end. So... I also miss this. At one point, Arleano asks Fernand wants to ask Fernanda's permission to leave the house. I forgot, like, she basically made a promise that he would never leave the house. And so she told him no. And because he's an obedient young man, he didn't just walk out of the house. <laughs> right. And then she dies. Uh, Fernanda dies. So then that's when Jose Arcadio comes back. And I think he's the one with the debauchery because... At this one point in the story, he it's that he like he fixed up the house, he did all these things, and then he the only distraction for him was to pick up the children in the town so they could play in the house. And I was like, Can we not? I'm very nervous right now. Very nervous about why you want to hang out with children. Yes. Given Luckily. the yeah, relationships of this story. Yes. Luckily but it surprise, doesn't go he that way. Doesn't marry him. They kill him. Right. So like he he keeps up Fernanda's thing about not letting Aureliano out of the house. Like, when he sees him, he's just like, oh, you're the bastard. And he's like, um, I'm Aureliano Buendia. Like, he's not having that. But then they don't talk again. Yeah. And they only talk when Jose gets sick at one point and needs medicine. And he lets Aureliano out of the house to go get it. And then he's like, okay, you came back. So, yeah, I guess you, you were helpful. You can you can leave and come and go as you please. But he never leaves the house again, really. Well, eventually he does. But, like... They start to form a relationship, but then that's when they find the gold that yes, <laughs> Ursula, the gold that Ursula said she buried. It was in her room, right? I thought it was outside under the tree that her husband, but maybe that's maybe she moved it. I don't remember. I think I just remember the three bags of gold. Uh, they saw a yellow glow coming through the crumbling cement, as if an underground sun had changed the floor of the room into a pane of glass. So she buried it under her floor. Okay. <laughs> And then, like, the kids are in the pool swimming, blah, blah, blah. And then they all fall asleep together, like, naked, I guess. And that's when he chases them out of the house. And then that's kind of why they come back and kill him. And take all his money. And take all that gold. But yeah, I think that he's the one with the debauchery and the champagne that you were thinking of. Well, I thought it was one that went while Ursula was alive, because I thought Ursula was a one. Yeah, because Ursula is the one that's like, um, dear Lord, make us poor again in the way we were when we found founded this town so that you will not collect for this squandering in the other life. Her oh. prayers were answered, but in reverse. Which kid was it? <laughs> Aurelio Segundo? Which one is that? Segundo. He's the twin. The twin okay, with so it is the- Fernanda and Petra. Okay, so he's the one that was taking champagne baths. Well, I guess that makes sense. Like, he's just, he's doing that. And he's living in these two houses, like, having his he cake and eating life, it, too. Apparently. Yes. Yeah. So I'm- oh, Petra also has all the raffles. Yes. Because of the rabbits. Yes. I forgot about that. That's how they met. 
so many small details. Okay. Yeah. So. Which. So let's talk about. So we've got the hermit who can't leave the house, who then has sex with his aunt, who has is married <sighs> to the Belgian. Oh wait! Before that, and before Jose Arcadio dies, the last of the seventeen Aulianos comes to the house looking for like refuge. And Jose Arcadio doesn't believe him at first and won't let him in. And then he gets shot and killed in the street right there. Yes. I was like, God damn it, Jose Arcadio. But anyway, yes, the aunt comes back. Ursula, Ar- Ar- Amaranta Ursula with her husband, who <laughs> her husband, it made me laugh because it says something in there about how Gaston realized if you, if you to convince her to marry him because the way she talked about her hometown, she loves it. It's so great. He's going to have to move back there with her, at least for a little while. And he was right. hoping after a few months, it'd be like, OK, now let's go. And she was no. there to stay. And he went a little stir crazy. <laughs> yes. Because by the time that they come back, it's like desolate and like yeah. run down and Ursula's yeah. died. So no one's keeping the house. And... Yeah. Santa Sofia's gone. Yeah. Like, the house is not great, so she tries to, like, open the house and get rid of the fire ants and keep it up and blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember. She's the one who says she wants to have the kids named Rodrigo and Gonzalo and Virginia. Um, But they're not going to have kids for for a few years. And I can't remember what her husband was doing, like, what his, was it airplanes that he was trying to bring to the town? Eventually airmail. Airmail, okay. Cause or an airmail company or something. Her and... They don't know that they're aunt and nephew, but her and Hermit Aureliano become lovers. Yes. And at one point, Gaston leaves and goes back to Brussels for a little bit, and then they're, like, fucking going to town yes. on each other, like, every day. I'm like, people can hear you. <laughs> like, other yeah. people, and it'll get back to your husband. <laughs> and it does. He just never returns. Yeah. He, um, because he sends a letter saying that he's going to be coming home. And so she sends him a letter basically saying how much she loves him, but that she can't live without Aureliano. And he sends a letter that's also contradictory. And that he says, you know, he's like warning them against passion and it's fickle, but then he wishes them well. Like this was his out because he did not want to go back to that town. (laughs) Right. So he was like, oh, okay, that's fine. You can, that's fine. You cheated on me. It's fine. I don't have to go back. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> but just when Pilar dies, Pilar Tenera, the mother of two of the, I can't remember. About, oh my God. Yeah. Pilar. Yeah. Like that's like way back in generation one. maybe. Well, she dies two at page 399 is what I wrote down just because I thought it was interesting how. She was buried in accordance with her last wishes, which was to be sitting in her rocker, not in a coffin. Yes. So it's like now all the people from the first generation are truly gone because she's the one who slept with Jose Arcadio and the colonel and had their two kids. Yes. And so now, so let's see. Let's look at the tree. They're dead. All the 17 Aulianos are dead. Arcadio's been dead. Santa Sofia, we don't know if she's dead, but she's gone. She just leaves and never comes back. Right. Remedios, the beauty, floated up to heaven. The twins died. Meme is in a convent. Jose Arcadio Uh, was drowned. And now it's just Amaranta, Ursula, and Aureliano, the son of Renata and Mauricio. Yes. Yep. 
Because we're not as maybe Okay. I, uh, sorry, yes. I got to a point in the notes. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, these oh, are the same people. The names, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and so, yeah. Hickey the said seventh she gets generation. <laughs> Who is uh, thankfully... Um, so, how much incest have we had at this point? We don't need to actually, like, pick, pick a number. But, like, I think it's safe to say that almost not everybody, but eh, maybe every other person had some kind of incestual relationship. Yeah. And um, nobody's been born with pigtails or anything at this point. <laughs> um, which was, again, That's Ursula, Ursula's biggest fear. Yes. Like, but also Amaranta and Ursula... Amaranta, Ursula, and Ariano don't know that fear, or they don't remember it. Right. They don't know this. They also maybe didn't realize they were related with this. I don't remember what they, point they figured that out. They didn't, but they were worried that they might somehow be brother and sister, so he tries to figure it out. Yeah. And He also doesn't know they, who his real mom is. Is what? Does he know his real mom? No. Because then he would know that that, that was, was left his, his aunt. Yeah. Basket. Right. So then they just give up searching and just accept the version that he was found in a basket. <laughs> Basically just to spare themselves from, you know, oh my God, are you my brother? But we're in yes. love. So I'm just going to ignore this because they can't figure it out. They try. I feel like he talks to a priest. He talks. Oh, yeah. The, the, the priest who way back when married the colonel in Remedios. And he doesn't know. So... It's just like, okay, so I, I was found in a basket. Right. And the assumption is that hopefully that they're not related. But unfortunately, this one As we know. That really, truly tries to figure out before they do anything. Well, that's the generation. Not before they do anything, because they've been okay, doing a well, lot yeah, of stuff yeah, up yeah. until this point. <laughs> yeah. There's talks of covering their bodies in food and stuff. <laughs> like, they went in. <laughs> oh. But they are the ones that has a that have a baby that has a pigtail. Yep. A little boy. A little boy. Who they name who she, she wants to name Rodrigo. No. We'll name him Arleano and he'll win 32 wars. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. <laughs> he does not do this. No. Because he dies soon after birth. Yeah. And she bleeds to death, like hemorrhaging. Yeah. And I was just like, come on. Like, I know they're aunt and uncle, but I wanted a happy ending for somebody. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. aunt and nephew. I mean, basically, it's Ariello left on his own. But, like, he has the baby. Like, he has the basket. I don't know if he gets drunk or whatever, but he wakes up and he can't find the basket because he's like, oh, right, I have a kid now. <laughs> and then. Hopefully that's not why the kid dies. I mean... It's kind of why the kid dies because the kid was unattended and ants were eating him. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I totally blocked that out for a reason. Yeah. Because then he remembers one of the thing, the parchments that he was uh, translating was, it says the first, where is it? The first of the line is tied to a tree and the last is being eaten by the ants. So he realizes, oh shit. This is, that's about us, clearly, because the yeah. way at the beginning, Patriarch Jose was tied to a tree, and this is what just happened to his son. And then, like, we don't have any moment of him feeling bad about what just happened to his son, because he dives into reading and translating and reading the story, and it's basically the story of, of their li their lives. Yeah. And that's when he finds out that Amaranta Ursula is his aunt, not his sister or anything else. Because he's reading the story of their lives. 
And then a cyclone hits, I believe, as he's reading. Yeah, and he skips ahead. Realizes he's never going to leave that room. Yeah. Because it was foreseen that the city of mirrors or mirages would be wiped out by the wind and exiled from the memory of men at the precise moment when he would finish deciphering the parchments and that everything on them was unrepeatable since time immemorial and forevermore because races condemned to 100 years of solitude did not have a second opportunity on earth. Which is the most bizarre ending. Yeah. It's like, and you know what? I'm just going to crumble everything up and throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that's the story of the Buendia family. (laughs) Yes. And everything that they go through. That's a lot. (laughs) And the town, too, because that's the end of the town at that point. Yes. So Chris asked me this. He's like, what book drink would you pick? Because I went through oh and I told God. him some of the stuff. And he was like, oh, my God, what book drink? And I was like, I I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I can't even think of a drink that they mentioned in the book to be like, I'm just going to use that. Yeah, I don't think they really do outside of lemonade, but. Mm. Some kind do of like an Arnold. Vodka, maybe. Yeah, or an Ar- a spiked Arnold Palmer. Oh, that's really good, too. <laughs> Refreshing and light, which the book was not light. <laughs> no. But also, like, the thing I love about this podcast is that I finished this and was like, what did I... I always end up liking these books a lot more after I talk about them. Like, I yeah. didn't dislike it. It just is like, the fuck did I read? I think you have to, like, digest and process and, like, yes. think it out. Yeah. Or talk it out. It is, uh, yeah. We also don't really know, like, when these hundred years fit into anywhere. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant to look up to see if, because I know it takes place in Colombia. Yes. And there Um, at least is a great mention of, like, the fact that the reason that there is magic, but it's kind of slowly disappearing, is because of the further that you get away from the creation, or the closer that you get to the Earth dying. I can't remember how exactly it's worded. Um, The less magic there is. So I was like, I really like that explanation. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So there was one point here I forgot to talk about. It was when Jose Arcadio Segundo, the one who was on the train with the dead bodies, um, and he gets out, you know, gets back home. He's in the room with all of the prophecies. He's trying to translate them and soldiers come in looking for him and they're looking in the room and his family is seeing him, but the soldiers aren't seeing him. And they're just like, oh yeah, you can clearly tell no one's been in this room forever. It's fine. Let's go. At that point, I was like, are you a ghost? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, but then him and I, but then it, well, okay. Because then it, later on, him and his twin die on the same day. But then it's like, but were you a ghost the whole time? And now your ghost is is, is dead too? I don't know. Yeah, like maybe know. his spirit just couldn't leave until the other half until of the, was gone. Yeah, the twin was done with life. But then they did also bury him. So someone did see, was able to see him at that point, I think. Unless the family prepared the bodies. I don't know. Because they definitely were preparing the bodies. Because at one point the church is like, uh, yeah, none of these people are going to heaven. And they're like, please, we've worked it out with God. We're good. Like, <laughs> stay out. So, Okay. We have definitely spent our summer reading some heavy shit. Yep. Um, we, between poetry and the bloody chamber, Rebecca, Scarlet Letter, and now this. Yep. It's been like school reading, so 
Um, before we get to what we're going to read next, what are you going to read for fun? I will need you to help me decide. So I'm mixing up the books without me looking. Pick any number one through three. <laughs> three. All right. I am reading Love by Toni Morrison. (gasps) Three Toni Morrison books here. And when she passed away this week, I was like, oh, I got to read all of her stuff. And I know I have a couple that I have not finished or some start not started and finished. So I'm going to start with Love by Toni Morrison. Thank you for your assistance. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. Yes, I've debated buying more of her books. And then I was like, well, I should see which ones I actually have first before. Yep. You know, double buy. Same. Um, Yes. That's not light reading. (laughs) It's not. It's not. It's it's not going to be, but it's fine. (laughs) It'll be gorgeous, though. Right. Um, What are you doing um, next? Do you know? I think I'm going to, I definitely am going to finish Slay. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not looked at my list, honestly, of books. I have, let me see. Go away. What's on my shelf? Because I definitely am going to read Slay. That is my next, or the one I'm finishing that is a physical book. But what else do I have in audiobook right now? Oh, I have Game of Thrones. Oh, That's shit. Right. Okay. That's right. I forgot that that came in at some point in the past week. Two weeks. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to hopefully get through Game of Thrones, the first Game of Thrones books. I never watched the TV show. That's not true. I watched the last episode. Oh, so, but I, I did promise. I want to change my answer and read with you, because I want to read those. <laughs> They're, like, on a list. But then... I almost want to like wait until I either know he's finished or know That's that he can't true. finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming from the standpoint of I promised I would read the first book. I was told I would very much enjoy it. Um, if I don't like it, I'm not going to make it to the rest of the series. So Okay. Um, now, would you watch the show after, even though you've seen the, the finale? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I, you know, I, I might watch like, I don't know, it's the first season lineup with the first book or. I cannot answer that. I do not know. <laughs> That's, that's I have no uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, I might um, watch some of it just to see. Um, I can ask my friend George. He might know. He should I, know. I can figure, I can, yeah. Um, I don't know. I. It's not a series that I've, like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, Game of Thrones is so popular. Because I like a lot of really popular shit. But uh, it's just nothing, something that's never really struck my interest. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, because it should have fantasy yeah. books, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I promised Ryan that I would read the first one, so I'm going to do that. Cool. Um, Let me know what you think. I shall. I shall. Definitely have to talk about it. I mean, yeah. I, cause <laughs> like, I know the show, unfortunately, has a lot of rape and also yeah. <laughs> incest. Yeah. Oh, I Sorry. Maybe I might hold off on the incest. No, uh, I don't know. Thinking about literally the first episode where I was like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're related. Okay. Do you know anything about, like, the I know incest? enough, yeah. Like, I know enough about, between everybody I know that's watched it and has talked at me, I do know that there's, like, a brother and sister. Yeah. Cersei, I think. And yeah. Her brother, who I want to say is John, but that might just be the guy. <laughs> you close, it's Jamie. Okay, there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> but, like, we played this, George had this game, this Game of Thrones game is something with cards and if you could collect them and basically collect all of like one family or whatever. I don't fully remember because we played this years ago before Chris and I actually watched the show. And I was like, okay, so these blonde kids and whatever, they're all blonde, like their mom. And I was like, okay, but the dad is a brunette. He's um, the 
oh, King Robert. And I was like, why? And I can't remember how I phrased this to George, but he just started laughing. He's like, I can't tell you because you said you were going to watch the show. I was like, oh, okay, because it's related to the incest. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. A blonde kid who had very burnout parents, and I remember getting a lot of questions about that. But what's <laughs> super fun is I look just like both my parents, like okay. to a scary degree. Yeah, and apparently my stepdad. Um, yeah, well, these are like there were like three blonde kids, and I was like, isn't blonde recessive? <laughs> um, so for the podcast, we are going to take a step back mm-hmm. from all of this heavy metaphorical. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say we're going to read something light, but we're going to read something a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next topic is an author reading a book by an author from your state, which is plenty vague enough for anybody. It could be the state that you're born in, the state that you lived most of your life in, or the state you currently live in, which I think for both of us is three different states. Um, yes. So we <laughs> scoured through... Uh, six different states and came up with a list and that's when we found out that stephanie has not read (laughs) suzanne collins who's from connecticut and currently lives in connecticut uh her famous series the hunger games (laughs) i've also not seen any of the movie and only has the vaguest idea of what it's about and as as you put it i think it was children in the woods something and competing and i remember there was a lot of backlash because some people are racist and thought one character shouldn't be black who was clearly written as being brown skinned i remember that that came back to me yep yep that's very yep yeah yeah who i think that actress oh god who played her um yes it's amanda uh a man mandela uh Steinberg or Stenberg. Yeah. And um, I love her. I just cannot believe how much she's grown up. I just felt very old saying that. (laughs) I forgot she was Rue. Um, So, yeah, we're going to give that a shot, which again is not light reading, but it'll be easier reading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fun story. I go ahead. What's probably going to happen is we're going to read the first one for the podcast and then I'm going to have to finish the series and then see all the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I already see how this is going for the next few weeks. If me. you don't like it, totally understandable. I, yeah. I, I do have a couple friends that I d- just didn't care for it. That's fine. I devoured the series and like I find it to be very um, well done and educated and not just like another YA series. This is basically the book that I use for my discussion or one of the books that I use for any discussion of like why YA literature is important, but that is all for two weeks from now. (laughs) Trust me. I don't remember if I actually wrote the paper, if I just like started putting together the paper for one of my college classes on this book, but cool. I block out that class. Um, (laughs) So yeah, if you are reading along, we are doing The Hunger Games, um, because Suzanne Collins is from Connecticut. Uh, In the meantime, where can people find you? Uh, For now, still just here at JVC Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just excellent. Yes. How about you? Uh, I have a blog that hopefully will be kicked back into gear starting Monday, um, where I rate books read and review books, um, occasionally movies and stuff. I've been toying with the idea of doing an article on Veronica Mars to wrap up the fact that season four is over, but I feel like everybody's talking about it and I still haven't worked out how I felt. 
But uh, yeah, basically anything pop culture there. Uh, you can find it at uh, meggriffin.com. That's Meg with two G's. Um, and you can find everything that I do podcasting wise on there. Um, oh, I also, I guess that came out today. Um, doing, I'm on part six of seven and seven, um, which is where we discuss the deaths in the movie seven. So um, I've only seen that movie like once. (laughs) Uh, it was very jarring to watch it for this podcast and then go see once upon a time in Hollywood the next day, because Brad Pitt, do not get me wrong. Man has aged well. Man is very attractive, but did not realize how much he had aged until you watched (laughs) seven. Oh my god, From what year 90s. did seven come out? Um, okay, I was seven years old, so it was 95. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I was seven years and seven months when That's it came out. a long time ago. <laughs> yes. So, like I said, Brad Pitt, still very attractive. Still, still very much got it. Um, but <laughs> it's definitely been 20-something years. So. That's insane. Uh, as for this podcast, you can find us at JBC on all social media. We also have a Facebook group, which is judging fabulous, a handbook for judging fabulous <laughs> covers. It's like, I know I forgot something in there. Um, tune in in two weeks where we will talk about the hunger games. Uh, and until then keep supporting your local libraries. Yay. <laughs>